Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, hello, Buglers. Uh, let's let's hope the start to this show is is better than the start to the last live Bugle show, which did not technically start when it started. Hello, Buglers. Is is this working? With, I don't think we've had any messages yet on Twitter to say that we can't hear you or see you or anything uh, like last time. So this does seem to be uh, an unusually proficient start. Hello, Buglers. Welcome to the second ever Bugle livestream live show. I am Andy Zaltzman, and if I was the last man on earth, I would have lost a significant proportion of my audience and be deeply suspicious of the rest of them. Uh, But I'm not the last man on earth. Um, There are several others uh, still around. Time will tell exactly where I end up in the uh, last men on earth rankings, but it's probably going to end up higher than would be ideal, but um, hopefully not top five billion, though. That would be a significant disappointment. Uh, It's uh, Saturday, the 27th of June, 2020. This is doubling up as issue 4,158 of uh, the Bugle. 4,158 is also the average number of falsehoods that Donald Trump thinks of per weekday, which is, uh, of course, it's slightly more at weekends. So actually, for all the criticism he gets for uh, dissembling so much, you've got to give him credit for restricting himself to just an average of 14 or 15 lies a day, according to the Washington Post bullshit tracker. Uh, right, uh, let me just explain <laughs> to you what's uh, what's going to happen in tonight's Stroke Today, Stroke Tomorrow Morning Show, delete according to Time Zone. What's going to happen is this. One, this introduction, which has already peaked. Two, the introduction of our two co-hosts from a total of four hemispheres. We've got North, South... East and West covered for you. I've probably said that the wrong way around if you're looking up. Anyway, uh, but we've got them all covered. So no complaining for everyone. This is a four-hemisphere uh, guested podcast. <laughs> uh, three, we're getting, you're going to get some prime quality jokes about everything that's happening in the world right now or in the last week. Four, there's going to be stuff about cricket. I'm just warning you of that. Uh, promising. Promising stroke warning. <laughs> Again, delete is applicable. Five, there's going to be an audience Q&A. This is where you come in, uh, viewers. So you can tweet us. <laughs> At, uh, at Hello Buglers with your cues, and we will tell you to stick them right up your A. Sorry, we will answer them <laughs> to the best of our ability. Um, uh, six, what's going to happen in the show? Part six is a bit that we won't get round to, and we'll quietly drop from the planned running order. See if you can spot uh, which bit it is that we don't actually do. Uh, seven, uh, formless and probably overlong ending, possibly involving some puns. And eight, party in the shed! involving me on my own and my friends from ancient Rome. So, that is the end of phase one of the show. Uh, time to meet our co-host and indeed producer uh, you could, uh, producer Chris. Uh, well, obviously, we can't, we can't see what is being broadcast, so I don't know if you're on screen currently. Um, hello, hello, Chris. Hello, Andy. Yes, uh, good evening. And your face is on oh, the good. screen too, as is right. Alice and Harris. All right, okay. So the, the yeah, I, I yeah, could switch it to just put your nice big face on it instead. All oh, right. Well, I mean, that's. I mean, my face does not need to be big, um, as uh, <laughs> uh, my lack of film castings uh, would uh, no doubt testify. <laughs> so, joining us, firstly, uh, from fifteen, sorry, from ten and a half thousand miles away, as the crow flies, assuming it is a very focused crow which has packed enough snacks for a long flight and has known not to be blown off course by the wind at all, or about 7,500 miles away as the very determined rabbit burrows in Sydney, Australia, at an insultingly early time of day tomorrow, it's Alice Fraser. Hello, Andy. Hello, Buglers. Yeah, uh, we were we were hanging out here in the corners of the screen because that's why we became comedians, to be looked at. <laughs> comedians should be watched and not spoken. I mean, to me, holding the microphone, standing here, listening to you talk, waiting for my cue to talk, made me gave me a real insight into the into the plight of the roving reporter on a news show. <laughs> That's very much how I see your role on the bugle, Alice. So, uh, yeah. There's just no way not to look awkward. <laughs> that is uh, also the title of my forthcoming uh, modelling uh, book of modelling shots. Um, <laughs> also uh, joining us um, from one of the silliest sides of one of the silliest oceans, from New York City, the city that, for the first time in its history this year, has actually slept. Um, it's uh, the man who so uh, often uh, rescues this show's attempt to ensure that its co-hosts' names contain all five vowels in the (laughs) alphabet. So when I say, oh, you, it is in fact a grateful compliment. It's Hari Kondabolu. Actually, Andy, I'm in San Diego. Oh, are you? All right. I got the hell out of that, says Poole. No, my my partner and I are having a baby, and in order 
uh, for the baby to be born without as much COVID, we uh, <laughs> we moved to San Diego. Right. But I was thinking about uh, what you were saying about the positives of the coronavirus. And there's two things people don't talk about enough about coronavirus. One, you know, very good with diversity. Right. Yep. Two, great with children. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Again. Well, congratulations on oh, the, thank um, you. the uh the the imminent um baby. Uh do you have It was it was the best time to have one, Andy. I couldn't yeah. imagine a better time to bring life into the world. Well, exactly. I mean, it'll come out having had 9 months of practice at solitary confinement anyway. Right. So, I mean, that's it's <laughs> the ideal training for the world that it's uh, it's uh, it's coming into. Um uh, Alice, how's uh, how's Australia? Australia is pretty good with Victoria letting down our our slate of states in terms of uh, they've just had a spike of COVID. So um, our our premier of, of New South Wales, Gladys Berejiklian, has said nobody have anything to do with Victorian citizens <laughs> as an official <laughs> announcement. <laughs> don't be involved with Melburnians. Right. Okay, don't get involved with the Victorians is advice that the world would have done well to uh, listen to uh, some some considerable time ago. On the 27th of June in the year 2020, or the 27th of regretuary in the year 1 CVE, depending on what calendar you're using. On this day, in the year 1743, there was the Battle of Dettingen, a classic showdown in the War of Austrian Succession, which is one of those classic wars from history whose very name, the War of Austrian Succession, really makes you think, we are a species of f***ing idiots. Um, Britain... A, a war for Austrians? Anyway, Britain uh, teamed up with uh, Hanover and Austria and gained a classic, uh, classic uh, British victory in that it was not particularly impressive. It was quite lucky and had no real long-term relevance. I mean, it's like we didn't even need World Cups to be invented to pull that kind of thing off. And uh, Team GB that day, back in 1743, was uh, captained by King George II and it marked the last time that a British, British monarch led the troops into battle. Officially... Anyway, but was it really? Because recently declassified papers that I've, I've got just just down here suggest that the current monarch, Elizabeth the... Uh, oh, hang on, I'm hopeless with numbers. Uh, second. Um, trading as the Queen, also known as Betty Baubles, Lizzie the Lizard, uh, the Royal Rumbler. Uh, these papers suggest <laughs> that, the Queen, <laughs> that the Queen did actually fight in a number of battles. The, the Battle of the Sexes. She fought in that. Uh, she brought a radically female approach to monarching, more than any British monarch since, oh, Queen Victoria at least, I would say uh, she fought in the Battle of Hastings loves a reenactment as the 68 time British monarch of the year and the B- Battle of Trafalgar when she got a bit overexcited on a royal visit to a top secret government time travel research facility and uh, had a lovely day out in a boat uh, on this day in 1898 <laughs> the first on the subject of the boats the first circumnavigation of the globe was completed by Joshua Slocum um, a Canadian uh, living in uh, the USA he arrived back in Newport Rhode Island on the 27th of June 1898, after a three-year journey taking in uh, 46,000 miles of boat craftery with an apology to his wife, sorry love, I turned left instead of right at the start, I've got a terrible sense of direction, and uh, an interview with the live round-the-world trip commentary team who'd been filling desperately for three years uh, with uh, no uh, action to report on. I guess there's only so many times you can bang on about pigeons and cakes. Uh, Slocum wrote a book about his 1,000-day journey from A back to A, the impressively honestly titled Sailing Alone Around the World. And the author, Arthur Ransom, said of this book, boys who do not like this book ought to be drowned at once. And that's, that is a different age of book reviewing. And, but also, I like the haste of it. Not, you know, there's no appeals process there. If you did not like this book, I mean, I guess, is that a way to encourage a love of literature, the threat of drowning? I don't know the influence it had on the British education system. But like this book, or I will drown you. Well, it shouldn't be said as uh, anyone who is part of the uh, book club on the titanic uh, would no doubt testify um, interesting fact about slocum he never learned to swim and um that's an inspiration for the modern world you wouldn't have thought it'd be possible to sail around the world without being able to swim but he didn't he did it and you wouldn't have thought that um you know it would be possible to be prime minister with complete the rest of this joke yourself um <laughs> as always no, it's good to, it's good not to be able to swim as a sailor it gives you an incentive i guess so 
And I guess it's good not to have any of the basic skills required to be uh, <laughs> Prime Minister. I mean, it makes you really focus on the job in hand. Um, uh, as always, I mean, if Prime Ministers immediately began to sink physically uh, the moment they stopped Prime Ministering to their full capacity, that might actually work. Yeah. It's it's possible. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I guess. So the cabinet room in Downing Street should just be over a shark, maybe a shark tank, rather than I mean, that's, that would that would focus the minds wonderfully. We're making a better world, Bugler. That is what this show is all about. It's it's not it's not it's not even slightly about <laughs> no. that. Um, <laughs> it's generally about further muddying the already impenetrable waters of the news. Uh, as always, a section of this audio newspaper um, is going straight in the bin. Uh, in the bin and this this week's section in the bin is a bins section um uh, today is the anniversary of numerous celebrities using bins including um uh, queen elizabeth the first and ironically both gandhi and churchill and bins have arguably been one of the most important human inventions ever uh, alongside things like the wheel the stilt the sofa and the hidden camera wildlife documentary robot animal so we dedicate a full section of today's visual audio newspaper um to bins including we look at the greatest bins in the world including the earth's crust the ultimate bin mother nature shit parent of the year for hundreds of billions of years in a row just dumped all her dead stuff in there uh, and hey not very presto Coal, coal, oil and gas. Now, we've done our best to clean up her mess by burning it all, but it just shows the rubbish you leave behind doesn't just disappear, kids, if uh, the oil industry can teach us a lesson. It is that. Um, also, one of the great bins of the world, the sea. What a bin that is. 70% of the Earth's surface, 100% bin. Terrific bin. When you've got a bin bigger than your house, you know you can chuck all kinds of stuff in it without worrying about it. And that's how we've used our impressively capacious prime natural bin, the sea. Uh, and people who complain about it, just remember, more than 90% of the sea is still water so don't believe what the doomsayers and dolphin apologists uh, say use it or lose it uh, sorry use it and lose it uh, and uh, if you're not close to the sea then for your bin you can always use rivers and deltas the pre-bin of the big bin of the sea out of sight out of mind as uh, certain uh, high profile oil companies are trying to prove in a court case here in britain at the moment also, we look in our bin section at some of the great bins of history, including the bin into which Neville Chamberlain threw his piece of paper from Berlin uh, while saying the words, bastard just drew a cock and balls on it. Uh, the bin into which Thomas Edison threw his design for the electric gallop horse after hearing that the car had been invented. Uh, other classic bins from history include Boston Harbour and Australia classic British bin and um, also the bin into which Boris Johnson threw his Faustian contract with Mephistopheles Inc uh, while saying the words can't imagine he'll call this in at any point soon. That section in the bin and uh, we are now after, how long's the intro, these intros to these live shows Chris, they get uh, even more out of control, what are we at, what are we at on the clock? Only 16 minutes, 16 minutes so far, Andy. Oh, and I think maybe it's time for you to tell people about a website they should be visiting. Oh, yeah. A good point. I mean, obviously, the prime purpose of this show is purely to bring some light into the uh, everlasting uh, <laughs> gloominess of the universe um, with uh, with a, a live bugle show. But also, if you want to take this opportunity to uh, to contribute to the uh, to the bugle to keep it free and uh, independent and uh, alive and healthy, um, then uh, go to the uh, the the web page thebuglepodcast.com and click the donate button consider that a, uh, a a voluntary ticket price or a voluntary subscription it's uh, it's up to you right it is now time for top story this week uh, there's only one place to start i'm sure you'd both agree harry and alice there's only one story that has dominated the world this week and that is the news that boris johnson has banned cricket he has <laughs> Banned cricket in Britain. He said that recreational cricket cannot restart because, in his words, the cricket ball is a natural vector of disease. He's saying this, this, this most holy of all objects is a, is a vector. This is worse than Cromwell banning Christmas, Alice. This is the greatest infringement on our British liberties since the last ice age made half of us live under a slab of ice. This is worse. This is worse than that. I agree with you, Andy. Yep. The ball is a natural vector of disease is an outrageous statement. I would understand it if he said the bat is a natural vector of disease, given that that is pure scientific fact. Uh, but <laughs> that's all I have. <laughs> right. But th- these, look, I'm rubbing them on my face. Oh, I'm my God. Your- Am I, is this too dangerous for you? How could this is the most holy object? The, the 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 Queen's orb is in fact a cricket ball wrapped in silver. This 
This you you cannot ban these holy objects. Uh, he said this: the problem with cricket, as everybody understands, is that the ball is a natural vector of disease. Now, let me just pick up a few things on that. Uh, one, the problem with cricket is not that. The problem with cricket is that it's too short. Only five <laughs> days for a match, a couple of months for a series. That is not enough. Give me a longer distraction from reality. We've scaled it back. It used to go on for two weeks sometimes. There are uh, wars that are shorter than a cricket match. <laughs> there literally have been wars that have been shorter than uh, a cricket match, <laughs> including there was a 38-minute war between Britain and Zanzibar in, I think, 1895. <laughs> First fact of the entire history of the Bugle. Um, uh, other recreational sports have been allowed back football, tennis, basketball, lying in parliament, government cover ups, and befouling democracy. All fine now, but not cricket. And above all, for Boris Johnson to accuse another thing of being a vector of disease, even in the compendium of the hypocritic arts compiled and updated every day by Johnson and his enablers, stroke ministers, stroke advisers. This is a new peak of bilge, if indeed bilge can peak. Amidst the Niagara Falls of hypocrisies which Johnson has splattered all over this country, this is the unmissable lunatic in a fluorescent barrel plummeting over the edge. Johnson calling a cricket ball a vector of disease. That is like Ludwig van Beethoven accusing a kid's plastic toy electric piano that plays a selection of four simple tunes of being a top-class composer of solo, ensemble and orchestral pieces. This is bullshit. <laughs> Let's just do a rough guesstimation here on this vector of disease accusation. Johnson, tooling around in March, shaking hands in hospitals, flim-flammering and idiocy, idiocy signalling his way to a far worse natural catastrophe than would have been the case had he not been Prime Minister, and the Prime Minister had instead been a five-and-a-half-ounce hard lead, red leather-coated <laughs> ball with a stitched seam around Sorry, it. Sorry, Andy, is it red leather or yellow leather? It's, it's, re- it's, it's, re- it's red, red, red leather. leather. You can get yellow leather? white ones as well, but no. no red you, leather. No, that is a that is a that is that is too cricket is not ready for that level of innovation <laughs> yet, Alice. We will talk about you further later in the show. But th- if Prime Minister Cricketball had been in charge, by virtue of doing absolutely nothing apart from just being round and red with some stitching round the outside and being a vehicle of joy, sort of vector of disease, this this is an agent of delight. Um, <laughs> Anyway, the country will be back on track. Besides which, and sorry for uh, ranting on about this, recreational cricket is a sport made for social distancing. Having played a considerable amount in my life, I'm well aware that one of the prime attractions of cricket as a participation sport is that it offers you distance from all the rest of humanity. Solitude in a field. And besides that, if you're concerned about the ball being infected, know that at the not entirely stratospheric level of cricket that I played, many of the participants had, at a rough estimate, 60% alcohol in their breath. That is the most hygienic sport you can possibly have (laughs) in the current circumstances. Vector of the... If Johnson is looking for a title for his autobiography, Vector of Disease should be right up there, assuming that he doesn't want to go with My Deeply Regrettable Life, or Everything You're About to Read is Probably a Lie, or Why Turds Float to the Top, a political life story, or I should I should not have been allowed to do any of this, or a haunting <laughs> lesson for future generations, or a bluffer's guide to overweening personal ambition, or hubris for dummies, or simply the <laughs> family show. Anyway, um, I think I've said my piece. Let us move on to other other aspects of the uh, coronavirus uh, situation and the. Uh, Corona complacency that seems to be overtaking the world. I mean, the virus is still chugging along, doing its nasty business, infecting rising numbers each day. It's about to blast through the half a million confirmed deaths barrier. But around much of the world, and certainly in Britain and a lot of the USA, to many people, it's basically over. It seems to have gone, and we are just but just ignoring everything uh, now. Hari, what's the... Um, I mean, your vice president, the vice president of all of your hearts in America, Mike, Spence, Mike Pence... Um, this week hailed the truly remarkable progress that America's made in its battle with the uh, with the with the pandemic, despite there being record numbers of cases every yeah. day. Okay, but here's the, he said there's been truly remarkable progress. Of course, after forty thousand people died in a twenty four hour period. But here's the thing: truly remarkable progress is true if you don't say what you're progressing to exactly. <laughs> he never he never specifies, right? So yes, 40,000 cases in 24 hours is truly remarkable progress to mass graves, economic ruin, and a forever scarred American population. The non-specificity of the word remarkable has got Mike Pence through many <laughs> a press conference and sex act. <laughs> 
Mike Mike Pence and none the smarter. <laughs> that was a six pence and none the richer reference from the mid '90s. A joke I've made n- on numerous occasions on this program over the last several years. Um, I feel like it's either that he doesn't understand words or he doesn't understand numbers. Because when they say things like this, you think, who are they fooling? And then you see who they're fooling and you start to wonder how you're meant to operate in a world with that many idiots while your clever vegan friend refuses to have children. <laughs> I should, but, should point out, it's not 40,000 deaths a day, it's 40,000 cases. But in terms of uh, exaggerating, oh. you know, we didn't start it. We didn't start it. And if you're counting the deaths <laughs> on the inside rather than actual physical deaths, I think it's yes. way, way higher than I mean, to, to be, the Trump administration is full of ineffective Jedis, right? <laughs> the worst kind of Jedi. It's because they keep trying to pull the mind tricks like, oh, we're making truly remarkable progress. 40,000 people have died in 24 hours. No, we are making truly remarkable progress and each time they do it, it's like it's not working none of us believe that you have not pulled a mind trick you are lying to us but they keep going they keep trying and you gotta admire that yeah andy i enjoyed your live action fact check if there was more more of that in news we'd be better off (laughs) well if there was if there was a live fact checking in all news programs a 24-hour news channel would not have enough time in the day (laughs) To, uh, to broadcast want, it all. I just want a mild penalty electric collar every time they tell a lie they have to check it. Ah, footnote. Footnote required. Yeah. Like Wikipedia, but... Again, that could be devastating for the environment. The amount of electricity that would be needed for that could could end this planet, you know, <laughs> years sooner than it's already due to end. Uh, also, Anthony, a pen... An- pe- look, go ahead. I was going to say Anthony Fauci was took a slightly opposite uh, view to Pence. Pence, as you say, uh, we said, held uh, truly remarkable progress. Uh, Fauci said um, America has a serious problem. Well, I guess you just need to put them together: truly remarkable progress into a serious problem. So there you go. You know, it's just you know, two people saying one. <laughs> but thing. he, but uh, but as Trump is eventually going to refer to him, Chicken Little Fauci is just <laughs> making a big deal about this because he uses science. Well. Yes, I mean, science. When does when does science ever do this do this world any good? <laughs> All I know is that it made uh, yeah made the world rounder than it needed to be. Um, it made things fall out of trees that didn't used to fall out of trees, like apples. You used, you used to be able to sit under an apple tree before Isaac Newton came along with his science. You sit under an apple tree, confident that you weren't going to get smashed on the head by falling fruit. It, I mean that that is kind of Trump and Pence's approach during the a recent press conference with with the uh, with the team. Uh, Pence said that uh, increased testing uh, is generating more cases. He says, quote, it's almost inarguable that more testing is generating more cases. Now, I would say it's not almost inarguable. It is definitely (laughs) arguable that testing (laughs) is leading to more cases because we're in the middle of a global pandemic, right? (laughs) Now, it's not that the tests cause the disease right even though that is consistent with trump's logic um it's that it reveals the truth right so basically trump's logic is consistent with this because if i don't tell the irs how much money i have i don't have to pay taxes on it (laughs) right it's it's not cheating if she doesn't know this is consistent trumpian logic all the way through Pence also, uh, to his credit, was not wearing a mask, just like Trump. Pence was not wearing a mask because, like condoms, that's not what God intended to cover a major orifice. Right. Absolutely. Because he's he's Christian, and that's a thing he says. Well, he made orifices not to be covered. I mean, right. he's pretty sceptical about underpants, to be honest. But but I could argue, like <laughs> like with pence and sex, he could have just cut a hole in the middle of the mask. Please don't say the words pence and sex again. I mean, that is a, certainly a book that never needs to be written. Um, <laughs> also, it's um, just strange. Like, Americans don't believe in wearing masks. There are protests against public safety as if it's like a politically correct choice something that's preventing you from living your life it's like they might as well say well if i want to put a fork in the toaster i damn well will if i wanted if i want to put out an electric fire with water that's my right (laughs) 
Well, that's why you, 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 you people wanted independence from Britain, the nation yeah. of great common sense, where we do not stick forks <laughs> in toasters and then jump in the bath with a lot of it. Uh, just so, for clarity, uh, which you people are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> because I have two. <laughs> I mean, t- taken out of context, that looks bad. I mean, even taken in context, it looks quite bad. <laughs> it looks better if you mean the American part. To be no, what I meant was men. That was surely clear. I meant men. Um, Boris Johnson uh, has uh, warned the British public against, quotes taking liberties with social distancing rules after hot weather led to large public gatherings uh, in Britain. So, Boris Johnson has warned British people against taking liberties. Now, can you please just go back and listen to that bit I did earlier and just change some of the words? Uh, maybe this time, instead of the Beethoven <laughs> bit, you could say, oh, it's getting harder and harder to come up with these things. It's like being told by Genghis Khan to find a nice girl and settle down. Or, in fact, like being told by Boris Johnson to find a nice girl and settle down, for that matter. Or like being told by Marie Curie to just let diseases take their course, because it's obviously what nature intended. Uh, taking liberty. If Boris Johnson is looking for, tit- for a title for volume two of that autobiography, Taking Liberties... Pretty much covers everything he's done this this year. It works on different levels, like all the best book titles. May I argue that it's also like JFK telling you to duck? <laughs> you, you may have that. You may definitely have that. Alice. Taking liberties is such a is sort of a regency phrase. That's when you ask a lady for a second waltz. It's not like <laughs> licking strangers on the bus. <laughs> I like that. Those, those, are the, those are the two phases of uh, of, of, of courtship: a second waltz or licking on the bus. There we go. Um, so, uh, so British uh, British people responded to Boris Johnson's suggestion that they don't take liberties with the regulations um, and abide by social distancing regulations by putting on their "What would Boris Johnson himself and his pocket Machiavelli do?" wristbands and completely ignoring that advice. Britain's beaches once again revelled in their dual status as public public garbage depot, communal toilet, and infectious disease laboratory. And mm-hmm. there's been a lot of criticism about the number of people crowding onto Britain's beaches and it shows how context is everything I mean everyone desperately trying to get on a beach at different times in history has been seen as heroic even defining acts of selfless bravery but in this particular D-Day the D stands for don't give a shit not whatever it stood for in 1944 (laughs) there are different theories some people say it just stood for day uh, apparently or da-da or don't try this at home or ding-dong delivery for Dr Deutsch Uh, I forget which one was the uh, the official uh, the official d uh, what's the what's the beach situation in uh, in Australia? Because Australia is you know famously um, uh, as we talked about on the quiz, it's girt by sea. The the beach uh, have a, obviously have a backup beach in the entire centre of Australia. But has beach culture been affected by uh, by the virus? I mean, only delightfully so, in that the uh, crowding of tourists has now evaporated because we don't have any tourists anymore, which everyone is very pleased about, except the people who make their money off tourism, which turns out to be quite a large proportion of our nation. (laughs) (laughs) But certainly the scenes of crowding, such as were seen in in Bournemouth, uh, are not as common here. uh, In Australia, if we go to a beach and there is one person on that beach, we go, oh, well, that one's taken. (laughs) (laughs) In uh, other um, uh, COVID, um, COVID complacency news, um, tennis has been struck by a uh, COVID complacency scandal. Uh, Djokovic UTM, the unstoppable tennis machine, uh, Novak Djokovic, um, has discovered to his cost that the coronavirus is no respecter of the Serbian superstar's superhuman athleticism, technically perfect ground strokes and ruthless competitive edge, and has <laughs> uh, dished out one of the biggest defeats of his, uh, of his career. Um, it was a, a tournament that he was the figurehead of called the Adria Tour in the Balkans, a well-meaning contest involving players from the historically not often harmonious uh, region playing each other in several different cities. A lo- lovely idea. The, uh, the only problem was, uh, it turns out that there is a massive pandemic knocking around places like the world. So uh, putting 3,000 people in a small stadium, the players all hugging each other, as God intended tennis players to do, and then, then going out partying like it's 1999 or indeed any other year before 2020. That has proved to be 
a bit of an issue and it sparked uh, you know an outbreak. Um, Djokovic and several of his fellow players and his coach have now been COVID uh, tested and come back positive. Unlike the reaction to his tournament and the inevitable way that it uh, that it ended. I uh, I'm happy he has COVID. <laughs> oh, controversial statement. <laughs> he, he's I mean, trash. Are, are, you just a, are you just a hardcore Federer fan? Is that it? Correct. If, if and if Federer doesn't keep his Grand Slam record, I hope Nadal gets it. <laughs> even though it's primarily on the French Open, which makes it a little suspect in my opinion. No, uh, no offense to Clay, but come on now. Uh, but yeah, f- uh, f- him, f- his trash no family. To Clay. Clay's is political correctness gone mad, Harry. <laughs> Clay's fine. It's a little messy. I don't understand. Because why would one play on clay? How often is there clay around? You play, you know, you know, it's not like, oh my god, look at this look at this, all this clay. What do we do with all this clay? We play on it. You play on grass. You play on cement. You play on different types of hardcore. When is clay just around to play in? It's absurd. I mean, how, how often play- is X around? It's no argument against any form of sport. How often are you surrounded by, like, eager teenagers bringing you a ball like this? It's... <laughs> Uh, a lovely little pun being sent in by Martin, the regular listener to the to the show, Novak Djokovic, and um, he is uh, a um, vaccination sceptic, of course. So thanks for bringing your own puns to a bugle show. Um, Does that mean we won't uh, have any? I, ca- I cannot guarantee or or deny deny that. But uh, but it's interesting. It could be a new tactic because uh, Djokovic has really come out of this very badly, and his opponents on court might. Um, you know, eventually, uh, you know, succumb to his impregnable defensive court coverage and precision engineering of his attacking strokes. But the virus, crucially, did what the likes of Federer, Nadal, Murray, and the rest of this tennis generation have so often failed to do against Djokovic, and that is be a virus. And it's easy <laughs> to say with hindsight, but if only. Last year's epic Wimbledon final fifth set, Roger Federer had tried being a microscopic pathogen instead of the most beautiful tennis player of all time. He might have, uh, he might have prevailed. Just some breaking news coming through on, uh, on COVID. The United Nations has banned the phrase the new normal, um, which is <laughs> long, long overdue. The worst phrase that has emerged in the uh, English language this year. The UN's special rapporteur, brackets language and phraseology, Kipax von Gertrude, announced it's the most depressing collection of words ever f***ing put together, if I may exaggerate slightly, which I may do because I'm human, (laughs) it's what we do. Von Gertrude continued, as a planet and a species, we have to remind ourselves that these things are not the new normal, they are the temporarily acceptable abnormal, TA, which is a better acronym than... Or they're the tolerable <laughs> under current circumstances, but otherwise obviously horrific. The taboo. Von Gertrude uh, concluded, we know all know things are quite shit right now, so let's stop pretending we are fine with them continuing to be shit forever under the veneer of a new normal branding. It's a shit phrase for a shit phase. Hey, well, that's no such. There's no such thing as the new normal. By the time it's normal, it can't be new anymore. That's how <laughs> right. normal works. Yeah. It should be banned. It should be banned. <laughs> the new normal is, is just uh, the inevitable passage of time. <laughs> <laughs> iPod. Yeah, that's a nice one. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely little acronym. <laughs> uh, let's move on to uh, American news now. Uh. And, uh, well, it's an election year, Harry. And um, you've uh, already told us that you fled America, albeit only for another part of America. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I mean, how's it? I mean, the the, the polls look um, less than promising for 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 Trump. Although the, I, mean, I guess the baffling thing is for an outsider is how he's above zero point zero one percent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Americans, very stupid. I think it has to do with the chemicals we put in the food. Um, <laughs> Biden has a real chance of winning this if he does as little as possible right (laughs) this is we just got it using one sports analogy it's like a -a rope-a-dope right you know trump can't stop swinging he'll punch himself out and all biden has to do is not say something stupid or the bigger risk die so (laughs) that's one using another sports analogy uh we don't need to be going for sixes and boundaries right now just (laughs) Good, good terminology. Just single runs. Just go for single runs, back and forth. Just stay on the wicket all day, and we have this. 
You like that, Andy? You like that? You like my? I, was, I, I love the effort that you put in. But this, uh, the the, um, the Trump Tulsa uh, mm. story is uh, it's a rather kind of fascinating look at modern uh, modern American politics. I mean, I guess it's another addition to the almanac of sentences you would not have expected to hear if you'd been asked to think about the sentences you expected to hear at the start of this millennium. Long title, very long book, and that sentence is: Well, obviously, the president of America was scuppered by loads of fans of Korean pop music, which led to a poor attendance at a mass rally during a pandemic of a virus that is easily transmitted to things like mass rallies, <laughs> meaning that not many. People were there to see him talk almost exclusively about himself at a time of multiple deep national crises. I mean, that is not a sentence you would have expected no. 20 years ago. Uh, not unless you were Biff in Back to the Future 2 and you were given <laughs> an encyclopedia instead of a sports almanac. <laughs> oh, terrible that's, a back, that's, that's a terrible joke. Uh, <laughs> he drew 6,000 people uh, as opposed to the tens of thousands he claimed he would draw. Uh, which, on one hand, I will say, as a touring stand-up comic, there was a part of me that was like, oh, man, I can't draw 6,000 in Tulsa. (laughs) (laughs) Also, it was a mistake. You don't go... I think it might have been the first time in Tulsa you'd book a 500-seater, right? You try to sell it out. You do five or six of those. People just are happy with sellouts. Like, I just sold out six hate rallies in Tulsa. (laughs) <laughs> that is impressive as opposed to I barely filled up a stadium. You know what I mean? <laughs> also, he played uh, Tom Petty's I Won't Back Down, uh, which the Tom Petty family and uh, his estate did not like, and they, they filed a cease and desist uh, to prevent him from using it. Uh, what was weird is not only that he used that you know, Tom Petty, a Tom Petty song, but that he used that Tom Petty song when there are other Tom Petty songs that would have made more sense for him. Like... <laughs> Like free fallen for the U.S. economy, <laughs> or don't come around here no more for immigration, <laughs> or perhaps most appropriately, walls. Um, <laughs> and this happens to re- this happens to Republicans all the time when they try to use music, right? Because uh, you know, uh, conservative music sucks, so they try to pick music that they think is more popular which generally is from liberal artists like reagan did this with uh born uh in the usa right springsteen's hit george w bush did this with the john cougar melon caps and rock in the usa he was asked to stop doing it eye of the tiger by uh survivor right mitt romney did that because that's the last song he had heard and um and, and conservative <laughs> artists suck. So this is what always ends up happening. So what I think that Republicans have to do in these situations, Republican politicians have to use, is go for what's free on the public domain, right? Because then there won't be <laughs> cease and desist orders, right? How about you use the Tetris song, right? <laughs> How about you use an MIDI of the Back to the Future theme song, right? I'm not sure Tetris is appropriate. That's all about all different colours uh, harmoniously linking together, isn't it? Yeah, but it's also about construction and building, and right. they like things like that. Uh, also, why not just put the national anthem in a loop over and over and over again? <laughs> the problem being that that means people will never sit down uh, and <laughs> would lead to people shitting themselves and pissing themselves and starving to death because the loop would mean that they would not be able to move and they would be frozen in that position or be called uh, a hypocrite and not patriotic. Well, of course, the estate, it's the estate of Tom Petty which has uh, put out this cease and desist, Tom Petty having died last year, which is the very definition of not even over my cold, dead corpse. <laughs> and uh, K-pop stands are suggesting some kicking tunes that Trump might use instead, including Do 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 or Baboom Baboom by Momoland, Ring Ding Dong by Shiny, Bang 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 by Big Bang and Fantastic Baby. Uh, all <laughs> options in the K-pop pantheon. Well, thanks for bringing, bringing us up to date with, uh, with, uh, with, with, with K-pop. And it was uh, also a campaign... Um, it's the run on uh, on TikTok, which I'm not familiar with, you know, partly because I'm 45, and anything that sounds like TikTok, I'm obviously going to steer clear of. It's a little bit too uh, too close to home. Um, Petty's not the uh, Tom Petty's not the first musician or a state of musician who have uh, um, e- expressed dissatisfaction at Trump using their music. Neil Young, Rihanna, the Rolling Stones, uh, Queen, uh, the Queen. 
Um, Earth, Wind and Fire, uh, the first two of which Trump is clearly very sceptical of. Uh, Guns and Roses, only really into the first of those. Um, R.E.M., Farrell, Glenn Miller, Mozart, Bach, 12th century liturgical hit singer-songwriter Hildegard of Bingen, all birds and birdsong, and Solomon from the Bible, the star of the dance floor bump and grind classic The Song of Solomon. Um, but... Uh, I mean, as you said, there seems to be no music that he could. He could. Uh, I mean, probably a few, a few country songs. But um, there is a band. Uh, it looks like there is a band called Kids in Cages, who uh, have some stuff on <laughs> on SoundCloud. They would at least seem to have an appropriate band name. Although I guess Petty is apposite and Heartbreakers <laughs> certainly is if you're a fan of American democracy. Um, there's been um, some uh, uh, some Supreme Court action in the states. Uh, states, Harry. Um, uh, Donald Trump has railed against what he described as the Supreme Court's horrible uh, decisions, recent rulings, including that gay and transgender workers should be protected by federal employment laws. That kind of, that kind of horrible, horrible. Dis- I mean, is he just? Are there just no barriers left for him in terms of who he can offend? And he's almost kind of retreading old ground now. We've lost Haru. We've lost. We've lost your audio. We've, no, uh, I, for, I, for, I forgot uh, to hold the ah, microphone. Is what happened? Is it? How, lo- how long? How uh, long have you been in showbiz, Haru? <laughs> it's been a while since I've been on stage. I moved. I moved my computer closer to the the wall so I could have a plug point. I then spilled water all over the floor, and then forgot about my microphone. So here I am again. <laughs> Uh, you were saying? <laughs> oh, it's about the uh, the Supreme Court uh, decisions. Well, it's consistent. It's consistent with, you know, the Repu- the Republican Party stands to be the pro discrimination and anti vulnerable people party. They this is it. This is in the convention message. This is what they they strongly believe in at this point. Trump was mostly upset he couldn't fire anybody on the court uh, because <laughs> that's not allowed, uh, and he also. In addition to saying these were horrible decisions, uh, added but, but there's two cases, right? One was about uh, transgender rights, and the other one was about uh, DACA, right? Dreamers, undocumented children being allowed to stay to finish their educations and get a pathway to citizenship. So, in response, uh, he said, "They're going to take our guns away. We will lose the Second Amendment." Now, neither case is about the Second Amendment. But if you say they're going to take our guns away, it's like a bat signal (laughs) for far right moron. It's like it's a it's the batshit signal, essentially. (laughs) But I guess you know. Let's let's try and be positive about. I mean, Trump gets criticised a lot uh, on on this show, and and I believe I've heard that that certain other media outlets are not entirely positive about the man. But for America, there's been a lot of criticism of America for the delusions that it's fed itself over the years and the the hypocrisies, the myth it's told itself and the world about it being a land of the free and a place of equality, opportunity, openness and tolerance that it's not always lived up to. And at last, Tari, you've got a president who doesn't even pretend to give a shit about all that, who's quite open about his hostility to all manner of different minorities, to foreigners, to people who want to live that bogus dream of America and people start complaining you can't have it both ways America you cannot have it both ways <laughs> we wanted a change of pace <laughs> we were Jake, you know we were always good tactic in cricket as well. oh shut up just, you know, bring on the slow <laughs> stuff <you know>. um, <laughs> so um, in all uh, oh, some British politics uh, news uh, as well there was a rather another fascinating look into the, the workings of politics there was a motion government uh, a motion in parliament this week um, uh, put forward by the Labour Party, paying tribute to health and social care staff, expressing concerns about backlogs in the health system and children's mental health and waiting lists uh, in the COVID era. And this uh, this motion uh, put to Parliament continued uh, that the House is concerned that the routine testing of NHS and social care staff is not currently in place and calls on the government to implement a programme of weekly testing of NHS and social care staff to enable NHS services to safely resume and ensure continuity of services throughout the winter alongside a functional national public test, trace and isolate system. Now, 
you would have thought there's nothing too controversial there after all the government has much trumpeted its uh, its test, trace and isolate system, but they voted against it. Uh, and, and not only did they vote against it, but they put forward an amendment. Boris Johnson, Health Secretary Matt Hancock and various uh, other um, Conservative MPs put forward an amendment which struck out that last paragraph about um, putting in weekly testing for NHS and social care staff and replaced it with this and this House recognises the unprecedented action the government has taken in its tireless efforts against the coronavirus to no. protect the <laughs> NHS and save lives. So what we have here, Buglers, in the wondrous workings of democracy is not only voting against protecting the NHS and thus risking lives, but then congratulating yourselves for protecting the NHS and saving lives. We've got not only refusing to do something that you should obviously have been doing months and months and months ago, but failed to due to your own willful, institutionally baked in incompetence, but then using Parliament to promote your own propaganda that you've actually done a f***ing terrific job, which you haven't, and the clue was in the motion itself, which, with the amendment, basically the motion changed, the motion changed from... Things are shit, let's do better, to things are shit, haven't we done well? Andy, I I'm not sure if I agree with you on this. If if doctors right. and nurses wanted to be protected from a terrible virus, they would have decided to be bankers who can work from home, not heroically <laughs> life-saving <laughs> dumb idiots. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, that's that's fair, but they might as well have added to that amendment. Furthermore, this House acknowledges that Boris Johnson is an absolute dreamboat. The Labour Party causes <laughs> piles, rickets and leprosy, and that if you masturbate thrice weekly over a photograph of Margaret Thatcher, you will live forever. Hashtag suck it, plebs. Let, I mean, let's call this what it is. This is corruption. This is good, open, honest, legal, above-board, democratically approved British corruption voted for by pretty much every single Conservative MP. These same people who just you know, a week or two ago were bleating about people graffitiing the statue of Churchill have essentially <laughs> just pissed in his face. But remember, kids, <laughs> respect democracy, stay at home, don't be right history, shut up and piss off the big fella. I, I would love to piss in Churchill's face. <laughs> <laughs> He'd love that, that, that too. That's the, uh, that's the Indian part of you people, if you're wondering. <laughs> 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 I was going to say, I, thought, I don't remember that from, uh, from the, uh, Vera, Vera Lynn obituaries of one of her lesser known uh, uh, wartime songs. Um, now, um, <laughs> let's move on uh, from that. Um, <laughs> I think we've all said things we'd rather take back today. Now, uh, <laughs> um, uh, uh, what, what's, uh, I can't remember what we've, uh, how are we doing for time? Cause, oh, yeah, we've, got, we've, got, we've been in. We we had uh, um, I mentioned the Q and A at the start. We had any uh, any cues for us to a okay. Let's have some uh, some questions from our from our listeners, stroke viewers, visual listeners. Uh, just to get us going, ties this this wants to know if any of you want to buy their new book, Pence and Sex. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I've got an answer to the question. Pence and Sex uh, is the opposite from what I I like in a man, which is uh, uh, sense and pecs. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with uh, multi-million pounds and uh, a platonic relationship but um, I'll take uh, it uh, Alice you're our other news correspondent what is the top <laughs> other news I've slightly lost control of the running order here L Labour has just sacked their shadow education secretary uh, for the foul crime of retweeting an article containing the suggestion that the US police learned to kneel on people's necks from the Israeli Secret Service, which is that uh, beautiful mix of anti-Semitism, conspiracy theorism, and the certainty that the Israeli Secret Service is the best at being the worst in the world, which is either true, I don't know, or they have the best Secret Service PR team in the world, <laughs> uh, which has got to be a hard job. You've got to hype up the Secret Service, but shh, it's a secret. <laughs> I mean, do you really need training to do that <laughs> do you need training to put knees on necks it seems pretty straightforward it's a it's straightforward to do that ineffective bit of police work knee neck gasping dead marches riots fires end of democracy it's pretty straightforward a dance as old as time itself <laughs> 
Uh, right, well, uh, we are approaching the end of today's live bugle. Thank you very much if you've uh, well for joining us. Thank you, particularly if you've enjoyed it. Thank you for sticking with it if you've hated every minute of it but are still watching. Um, don't forget, if you want to make a financial contribution to the bugle um, uh, to uh, or pay for your ticket retrospectively for the show that you've uh, you've just watched and help keep the bugle free, apart from the, the money that you're paying for it, um, and independent, go to thebuglepodcast.com and click the donate button. You can make a one-off or recurring donation um one final story and um music <laughs> news now and um a string quartet in spain is going to be performing a concert um in barcelona i believe uh for plants they are filling uh, a uh, concert hall in barcelona with plants and playing puccini uh, for it um and of course this is not the first time in uh, the history of the bugle that someone has done uh, a concert for a non-traditional concert audience Uh, longer term listeners may remember uh, that Lou Reed uh, and his wife put on a concert for dogs uh, just over 10 years ago I believe a certain cringe coming across Chris's face now as he remembers what uh, what resulted from that concert uh, for for dogs and um, a friend of mine is really really excited (laughs) a very good friend of mine she bored her colleagues is still uh, <laughs> on the other side of my eyelids every time I close them. <laughs> Not the cold and wet weaver. Um, the, uh, uh, so anyway, there's this concert for plants, and a friend of mine is really excited. He's uh, massive in the, uh, the, the house plant uh, world. And uh, he was um, raising money for a house plant charity recently. Uh, the house plant industry has been very badly affected by by COVID, and many house plants have uh, lost their sources of income. So he decided to put on a a charity snooker match, and he wanted to put on a contest between the Russian ice hockey player from the New York Rangers, Alex Ovechkin, and um, the Egyptian sun god. And um, he said, "Can you make a quick note of that, Andy? Just abbreviate the names." And I said, "All right, oh. Alo V Ra." And then uh, he got very excited about this project, the uh, the uh, Vira, um celebrity snooker match. And he said, well, who should we put on the guest list? And he, uh, how about you invite your Bugle producer? I've always enjoyed his work. It's easily my favourite podcast. And I think we should uh, invite the comp- competitor's uh, maternal parents as well. I said, sure, I'll jot that down. Chris and the mums. Chris and the mums. Anyway, um, so... Uh, <laughs> On the on the day, it turned out Ovechkin, the six foot three inch, hundred and seven pound hockey hunk, was uh, was running late, and my friend got starting to get a bit nervous. He wasn't going to turn him up. He said, "Is Big O near?" Um, he said, "He's about he's about he's about five minutes away." Anyway, so he turned up, and of course, Ovechkin uh, likes to relax before a big game, and um, uh, he has a massage. And we had a massage there because we know he likes to have a massage. But he got annoyed because the, the massage wanted to chat with him and. Uh, Vetchkin was just trying to focus on the snooker, and uh, so he said, "Quiet, shrub." Anyway, um, of course, famously, uh, he has his own green room when he plays uh, hockey, and the same when he's playing snooker. And he brought in a massive fish tank with some huge fish in it. And I said, oh, "What what fish are they, Alex?" And he said, uh, "That's my marlin, and this is my wife's pet tuna here." <laughs> Petunary. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, insisted uh, insisted on his uh, on his rider of having some very trendy snacks or hip biscuits, hibiscus, hibiscus. Um, <laughs> but um, when he told me some interesting things about before hockey matches, he imagines he's a huge, fearsome, warlike creature like the ones in Lord of the Rings, and channels those feelings into his subconscious, and it's very effective. His orc id. Um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, Ra, the Egyptian <laughs> god, his opponent was very confident. He said, "I'm going to whip your ass, hockey boy. I'm going to thrash you. I'm going to tan your hide, ranger." Uh, anyway, so the game started and uh, Ovechkin saw an opportunity to play a shot which knocked the red in, uh, uh, onto the blue, onto another red, and uh, that red into the pocket. He spied a plant. Good skills. And uh, Anyway, so uh, turn out 3-0. 3-0 Ovechkin uh, beat Ra, the Egyptian uh, sun god, and uh, he was pretty pleased with himself afterwards. He said, Andy... I gave him a uh, absolutely thrashed him. Uh, he must be glad he only agreed to a best of five frame match. Ra was devastated and eloquently bemoaned his misfortune uh, with some uh, really moving words about how sad he was at uh, his defeat. And Ovechkin was impressed. He said, "That's a sick lament." Um, but um, my friend, uh, attention to the occasion whether he was going to make or lose money on this charity snooker match uh, caused me as this kind of. 
It's kind of bizarre rashes that come out on his uh, his backside and uh, under his arms. And, uh, well, he was suffering from considerable arse bit distress. Arse bit distress? No. Anyway, um, anyway, so we went back home and they saw, saw that he had this great collection of pl- plants in his garden and they saw that these large black birds had crapped on his flower beds and he said, F*** you, you bloody useless undersized f***ing ravens, you shit for brain di- dinosaur cast offs, you, you can f***ing shove your own sinister sodding beaks where the sun don't f***ing shine. It was a real string of crow cusses. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah. Anyway, he was convinced he could make his plants grow faster with drugs. Uh, he grated an uh, ecstasy tablet over his flower bed that gave him a lily. Um, um, anyway, it was uh, he, wrote, he wrote an autobiography a while ago. It was an awful sound of writing, real vile lit. Um, but uh, anyway, he went uh, to drown his sorrows at a pub quiz. Uh, it was this pub quiz where, to save time, all the answers you only had to give the first syllable of the words in the answers and. Uh, uh, one of the questions uh, was uh, which uh, party leader won the first post-war British general election? And um, so the question master ended up saying, uh, right, on to, on to uh, question 24 about the uh, post-war British election. Wincher is wrong. Clermat is the correct answer. Right. Anyway, so uh, probably... Uh, lucky uh, I'm going to leave this kind of stuff behind now and uh, from next week I'll be uh, going down to do BBC radio cricket coverage uh, along with the uh, BBC's cricket correspondent who likes to bring his collection of wild cats so I'll be sharing a commentary box with uh, Agus Panthers and that is that is niche that is that is is very niche I uh, I, I pined for that to be over (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was. I had a great deal of impatience. Right, I could see Alice. You rose above it. <laughs> I feel like I've been listening to those for days and days. Right. <laughs> uh, I want to well, commit anyway. violence against you, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well. Uh, anyway, let's uh, let's all forget that happened. Uh, we were contractually obliged to do an hour-long show today, and uh, I think we've already done about an hour and a quarter. Oh, even, even longer than that. So uh, you don't have to count that last bit of the show. Only remember the peak hour uh, that you got for free anyway. So, um, or unless you want to donate to the Bugle <laughs> voluntary subscription scheme on a one-off or recurring basis, go to thebuglepodcast.com and click the donate button. I think, uh, <laughs> I think, that's, uh, I think that's the end. That's the end. Uh, yeah, well, I haven't is. written an end. Someone's just tweeted a a, a little video of of tumbleweed. What? 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 I don't it's know. It's kind uh, of plant, Andy. Maybe it was a suggestion right, for another. It's, pun. it's possible. I assume it's for one of your guys' bits. Um, so uh, thanks. Uh, thank you very much, everyone uh, who has joined us, who has contributed questions. I do hope you've uh, enjoyed it. You were able to hear highlights of this show as this week's uh, bugle. Regular podcast. Um, Harry, have you got any uh, forthcoming shows uh, online or um, well, on I, telly I, that you'd like to alert people? Yeah, to? a couple of things. Uh, uh, first of all, uh, it was recently announced that The Simpsons will no longer use uh, non minorities, uh, I believe they're called white people, uh, to do the voices of uh, non white characters. So uh, that may or may not somehow be connected to my documentary, The Problem with Apu. Uh, which is available now on Hulu and Amazon. If you are not in the U.S., uh, I would try a thing called Torrents. Um, <laughs> I get no additional money, so really knock yourself out. And also, uh, I have a Netflix special, Warn Your Relatives, that has nothing to do with cartoon characters or me destroying your childhoods. <laughs> well it's all the subtext though isn't it um <laughs> alice apart from the uh the last post the beagle's uh, sister podcast from another dimension uh anything uh to tell our viewers about uh yes indeed my stand-up special savage is available on amazon prime and its sequel uh the resistance is also available on amazon prime even though i filmed it before i filmed savage it's all very complicated and time doesn't work linearly in the stand-up uh, universe but uh, also, I'm doing a live show on Next Up for the Next Up Comedy Festival, and that's sometime next month. I could tell you the dates, but I don't know what they are. <laughs> um, 
Well, uh, thank you very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. It's been a lot of fun uh, to do, um, and uh, I mean, not as, as much fun as doing it in front of actual people. But uh, I feel I've got to really know my webcam really well over the last few months, and it's just, <laughs> I just enjoy trying to get some reaction out of it. It is you know, just stares at me stony faced. I think it slightly laughed at one of those puns. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening. Thanks, Chris, for uh, all your efforts to uh, to make this thing work. It seems to seem to go te- technologically superbly well by bugle standards. I mean, I, I, I'm guessing so, unless this is some kind of conspiracy who are just joking along, sending us messages whilst laughing at the fact that we've done 90 minutes that no one's heard a word of. <laughs> that would not be the first time I've done that in my career. Um, I used to do late night stuff on Radio 4 so uh, thank you um, thank you very much for uh, for watching Stroke listening Uh, we'll be back with a regular Bugle uh, next week and we will have another one of these Bugle live shows at some point in the not too far distant future Uh, thanks to Hari and Alice goodbye to you all bye Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth, Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you you, you must be so excited. Listen now.